0: thank you for tuning in to episode 21 of You Play A What. We are very quickly approaching November. And usually this is the time where people get super excited about things. Because firstly, Christmas music is already starting to play in the mall. And nothing beats Christmas in November, of course. Uh, And it's also a good time for us to reflect on how the year has been. But of course, we know one of the two things that I mentioned is probably not going to happen. Now, moving on to the conversation I just had with my guest, Charity, who has returned to Singapore from her studies in Berlin. I think from an outsider's point of view, it is easy to see Charity as somewhat of an overnight success because we only see the moment that she started reaping the rewards from all her hard work but we don't realize the ordeals that she has been through to get her to the place that she is at today. And in this conversation with her, there are more than a few things that she said that really resonated with me. So uh, if you enjoyed the content of this podcast, please subscribe to the podcast, drop a review if you would like to, or just tell a friend about the podcast. Thank you all so much for all your support. And most importantly, thank you so much for your attention. Now, please enjoy this episode of You Play or What? With Charity. My guest today is a complete legend. Apart from being a regular performer and educator here in Singapore, she has performed with the Berlin Philharmonic Orchestra. I don't know about you, but I think they are kind of a big deal in the classical music world. Welcome to the show, Charity. How are you doing today?
1: Hi, Vincent. I'm doing well. I'm very excited to be here. I was laughing my whole the whole way through when you said that I was a legend.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, it's an absolute pleasure to have you here. and Of course, uh, you and I, we've not really spoken until 10 minutes before mm. uh, we started this right. recording. So I'm really looking forward to just learning more about you, get to know you a little bit better uh, through this next hour or so. So uh of course now welcome back to Singapore. Uh how long have you been back now?
1: So okay, this is uh well officially I've been back since first August. So that's almost well more than two months now. Mm-hmm. Um but actually for most or all of the circuit breaker I was actually back. Um and when the COVID situation was worsening in Europe, um that was when um, you know, and and honestly, nothing was happening in school. Nothing was happening gig-wise. Yeah. So that was when um, I um, I decided to come back. And I mean, that was also when there was a lot of Singaporeans returning home. Also, yeah,
0: yeah, exactly.
1: So I came back and I actually spent the entire. Uh, and I, I mean, I came back. I did SHN. That was uh, late February, and um and then I did my SHN rather. That was my first SHN, <laughs> and then <Yeah>. um. <laughs> I came back and then I actually, yeah, so I spent the whole circuit breaker. It was quite funny. Like I finished my stage and then I had like one day of freedom and then circuit breaker. I was like, Oh Oh, man. (laughs) Uh, I was actually looking forward to a lot of, uh, you know, hangouts um, with friends uh, that could only usually happen in the summer. Mm. Um, But then that, that was all, uh, yeah, it couldn't
2: happen.
1: Throughout circuit breaker, uh, I was actually, I mean, home a lot as we all are, but when I was home, I was actually practicing a lot. Um, because I had to do a recital to graduate. So, yeah, so, um, yeah, so <laughs> I was actually quite busy. Yeah, so then come uh, fast forward in June, I actually then uh, decided to fly back to Berlin to give a live recital. Um, I was given the option to, to, to do a recorded one, mm. but I mean, I felt like since, you know, in the time of a pandemic where nobody was performing live, Perhaps if I was given an opportunity to perform live, I should just take it. For
0: sure, definitely, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. So that was what I mm. did. I flew back. I mean, also I had all my things there in my apartment, so I had to clear mm. them. Yeah. Uh, so I flew back and I performed my recital. Um, went pretty well, and then I flew back to Singapore, did my second SHN. <laughs> mm. My whole twenty twenty is in isolation, basically. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. And then, uh, and then that's where I am now.
0: I see. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, to a certain extent, in a way, the Circuit Breaker did help you, right? So, it kind of gave you a little bit less distraction. So, you're not out and about chilling with friends and stuff like that. And then, yeah, yeah, actually yeah, you just had to practice, yeah. right? Or You know, there's just not much. I mean, there's so much. There's only so much Netflix you can watch in a day, isn't it? At some point, you in, want to do something else that's mm-hmm. a little bit more productive.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yes, and, and actually, like, uh, I mean, I felt that it was it was it was a very interesting experience um practicing during the circuit breaker because I mean there was nothing else to there was nothing else competing for my time. Mm. So I could really work on my pieces in a very intentionally slow way. Mm. and I think that is not something that we have very often. that's not something that we can do very often because. I mean, in a, in a more normal time without a pandemic, without a circuit breaker, there are a lot of other things competing for our time, yeah. be it work, be it, you know, social obligations. So uh, really all I did in, during circuit breaker was wake up, uh, you know, do whatever I need to do to really wake up. And then
0: <laughs> <laughs> round two of waking then, up, um, right? Yeah, <laughs>
1: right, right. And then just, you know, this is already by that time, maybe late morning. I see. And then just sit at my harp and then really just even take my time with warm-ups, you know, mm. skills, listening to everything in a very relaxed way because there's nothing else to yeah.
2: do. Yeah.
1: And uh and and yeah. And and just I mean when I went back to Berlin for the recital, that was really like it was the very first time I felt quite relaxed actually for a recital. Right. And it was quite a long program. It was ninety minutes actually of music. Ninety
0: solo so, recital. Um, oh.
1: yeah, ninety. Wow. Yeah, uh, ninety mi- minutes of it could be solo or chamber. I see. Okay. So that was um really nice, and I mean, okay, well, I also need to I also need to clarify that during the circuit breaker, I had Skype lessons with my teacher, so it wasn't completely zero stress. Ah, uh,
0: okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah.
1: Right. There, there was somebody keeping me on my toes. Mm,
0: yeah, it's mm-hmm. always good. I think that's one of the things that I miss the most since graduating. This, uh, Because, you know, as we, we, we've we experienced so many years of music training in conservatories and in music schools, um, sometimes we, we look forward to this one hour with, or contact time or maybe sometimes more with your teachers just to make sure that we are kind of on the right track. And then once... Yeah. You know everything is gone. You're on your own. You're just like, mm, "Am I doing this correctly?" Like you, you want, you just want some kind of clarity in whatever you're doing, isn't it? Yeah.
1: Yes, and um, I think one of your podcasts, in one of your podcasts, you mentioned that uh, in the you all had this ECCA thing, hmm. um, and where students had to probably take Zoom lessons with you or something. Yes, that's right. And. Yeah. And then I remember you mentioning that, you know, it's very important that the students first record a video to send to Mm. you um, so that you really get a very clear sense of what they're playing. I mean, because, you know, latency over Zoom, um, that doesn't, you know, really allow for a very accurate sense of uh, how they actually play. And, and, And so this is also what I experienced and it's also what my own teacher, and if I should say, like musicians of the Berlin field, yeah. <laughs> uh recommend recommend yeah. uh, students to do right. uh, for online lessons. So yes, that that is a very real thing. That's also a very efficient, more efficient way of conducting online lessons. You first submit, which I mean, is what I did. Uh, first submit uh a tape, uh, rather a recording, and then you start the the live lesson, mm. and then she can just zoom straight into um kind of critiquing what happened in the video.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm just glad that, you know, the, the musicians of the Berlin Philharmonic think the same way as myself. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, honestly, like, in terms of, you know, just... One thing the best for the students, isn't it? Making the best use out of the sessions, really, I think that there is no better way than to just do a recording, right? Yeah. 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 So, you know, I, I have to tell you this. And up to about four years ago I actually did not know oh actually let me not get ahead of myself I have to ask you first what do you play uh, okay <laughs>
1: uh yes I play the harp
0: yeah in case people don't know right the legendary charity right so so <laughs> uh so back to my story is um I did not know that the harp is not chromatic oh. yeah like you know I'm Actually, uncultured, right? So, I always thought that, you know, the harp is basically like a piano. You have like all the chromatic notes on on the strings and and stuff like that. Uh, Up till like four years ago, when I was taking this uh, composition module in school, and there was was a harpist that was in the class as well. So, the lecturer just made everybody demonstrate uh, small little snippets and what are the possibilities of the instruments during the class, and then that was when I first knew or it came, like it became knowledge to me that the harp is not chromatic and you have to use the pedals to change your uh, sort of um, key center and the notes that you have access to on the strings, isn't it?
1: Right. So uh, I think what you probably mean is that the harp is chromatic but it, rather it can play chromaticism but it doesn't do so as efficiently and say the piano yes
0: yeah and that's right. a way better yes. way to put yes. it right because yeah yes. what um i think it was like a key change i think probably c major to b major or something like that and it, it just oh, looked yeah. extremely busy i was like <laughs> what is actually going on here <laughs> like <laughs>
1: yes so it, it's very funny whenever and this happens all the time right i mean <laughs> this happens all the time because in orchestra rehearsals. Then, you know, suddenly the, the conductor, okay, let's go to uh, rehearsal number four, yeah. right? And then, and then say we were at rehearsal number two, but say, for example, rehearsal number two was in C major, yeah. and then rehearsal number four was in like B major. Yeah. Then it, it really takes us, you know, a lot longer than any other instrument to get Yeah, ready. and you hear this rumbling, then, right? Oh.
0: This <laughs> panicking, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Yes, so yeah, that happens
0: all the time. I see, yeah. So I just wanted to share this with you because I think it's quite interesting. Mm. And maybe, I don't know, maybe it's just me. Maybe more people have this conception that, you know, you can just... Uh, like, there are no foot pedals for you to change the the different sort of um uh, pitches.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, just to get it out there, hubs have seven pedals.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, was... Returning back to Singapore immediately after finishing your recital, your original plan, or did you have to tweak your plans a little bit?
1: Um, so, I think for quite a long time, I would say because I was away for four years, uh, two years in the States, two years in Berlin. Mm-hmm. Uh, for quite a while, I... Well, I would say from when I left Singapore up till maybe my end of my first year in Berlin, I felt like I, or maybe even longer than that, yeah. I felt that I wanted to stay abroad, whatever that means. Um, I think for me, the, con- the idea was to just go wherever the job
0: is. Mm, okay.
1: Um, and you know, in Singapore, like, and when I mean job, I think at the time what was in my head was orchestra yep. job. So at the time, I mean, Singapore, you know, we only have uh, the SSO or SEO in that yes. sense. Um, so I knew for, I mean, we all know that an orchestra job in Singapore is not really going to come by. Yeah. So I did try for a few things. Uh, they didn't really work out. Mm, okay. So, um, and then also, somehow, uh, my, I, I didn't, okay, so as much as I enjoy being overseas, I also feel like, Singapore is still home. Mm, for sure. Um, and partly because of the, the COVID situation, you know, like, they weren't, orchestras overseas, at least in Germany and Europe, were not hiring so extensively. I mean, simply because auditions couldn't really happen. Mm. So that was kind of, like, the triggering factor, like, to to really make me decide to come back i see but I, I think that is like the last straw i think what was the lead up to that was more like uh you know i'm don't i don't really want to stay overseas when i don't have a job because then i will be just paying rent right and then there is no income to 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 kind of pay off that rent and i don't want to be like living off a deficit you know what i mean like every i understand
0: yeah okay yeah right so in in a way then would you say that everything just kind of got a little bit clearer since that there's this whole COVID situation? Then, if things are, it's it's kind of very direct, isn't it? If things don't work out, then you just kind of return back here, and then, yeah, just you can yes. just start building something from here, isn't it? Yes,
1: yes, yeah, yeah. exactly.
0: You've probably said this uh, or talked about this a million times with other people, which is your your performance with uh, Berlin Philharmonic, and <laughs> yeah, so. I, I mean, apart from performing right. with Berlin Philharmonic, actually, when you're in Berlin, you played with quite a few different orchestras as well. Mm. And it's the, the sort of exposure you got, it's very varied, isn't it? So in, in terms of these opportunities, right? Uh, did they come yes. directly to you? Or was it because you were in the school and it was a program with the school that allowed you to have all these um, different opportunities?
1: Yeah so um okay well so i first need to let everyone know that when in, when i was in berlin i was studying with the principal harpist of the berlin phil uh, her name is marie pierre Longlemet. and so i think uh, that in itself did open up a lot of opportunities for me um uh, because you know like people know her and then when they need a harpist what you know it could be a community orchestra or it could be the other big orchestra in 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 berlin which is the dso Right. Uh, they would just contact her, and like, hey, you know, could you recommend someone? Mm. So, and her, her class was not big. So, it wasn't hard to get a chance to, for these professional opportunities. Mm. Um, so, that, in a way, I, I, I'm very, very thankful. Um, So, yeah, so the Berlin Phil uh, experience. Okay, so, <laughs> one day, I was just, uh, one night, rather, I was in Berlin in my apartment. It was very late, like, f- past 11
2: mm-hmm.
1: p.m., and then suddenly, like, my teacher called me. And I was like, "Huh? Oh, why is she calling me so late, you know? like
0: Yeah, did I do something wrong? Or...
1: <laughs> yeah, and I really had half a mind to not pick up. But, you know, she's my teacher, so I can't really, like, not pick
0: yeah, up. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> so, I picked up and she was like, Hi, would you like to play with the Berlin Phil? And I was like, uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> no, yeah. you should just pretend like, Hmm, uh, let me get back to you in about 30 minutes. I have to check my schedule.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. So I was like, I mean, I I was so excited, but I had to you know be cool, be yeah, cool, yeah, subdue so like, the she,
0: emotions, right? Exactly,
1: yeah. exactly, and and uh, yeah, so I I just uh, and and she was like, okay, great. Um, I mean, she honestly speaking, she really didn't need to ask. I <laughs> like if she, I would clear my schedule for it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. anyone would. Mm. Like. So um yeah and then so she was like okay so these are the rehearsal uh days and all that and okay so I w- I was uh the piece that I played with her was uh Richard Strauss's uh Symphonica Domestica okay so it's not the most played uh symphonic poem by Strauss mm-hmm. but it's still a very very cool piece yeah um and the second hard part is. I mean, it's, it's also, you know, very. It can, it's actually quite soloistic, even though it's not. Uh, I mean, it cannot really always be heard, but it's quite soloistic also. Mm. Uh, I think we had three rehearsals, one sound check, and then three concerts.
2: Right.
1: So, Berlin Phil, uh, I mean, in a normal time, not in a COVID time, they do three times that program in that week. So it's thursday night friday night saturday night and the recording for the digital concert hall is on saturday night okay so in that sense um every performance experience is very different so for the first for the first one the first night thursday it's always you know like kind of oh okay you know it's the first night and everyone's still kind of like excited or mm. maybe nervous at least, at least i was I'm, I'm not yeah i'm not speaking for any of them
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs>
1: And, um, and then the second night, I was like, you know, I was more comfortable. Oh, yeah, I've done this before. Mm. You know, I know what to expect. Yeah. But then comes the third night where it's the digital concert hall, which is honestly something that I have also, you know, have been watching. So I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, so nervous. Right. um I can't make any mistakes. I can't, not even about mistakes, you know. I, I had to look cool, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So- <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah. So uh, and 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 yeah. So it was. It was. I mean, the whole time. The whole, I mean, from the very first rehearsal, I couldn't believe it. Uh, and I. I mean, I was obviously the lowest life form there, and that's fine. That's... But uh, it was. It was just such a great experience from the beginning to the end to you know see all these like superstars. Honestly, all of them are superstars. Mm. Play and hear them play and. Um you know, and, and the wonderful thing about the Berlin Field, I think this is to me what's the best thing about them,
2: mm. is that
1: uh each musician is so um takes so much pride in, in what they play. Um every single f- uh musical phrase is is phrased beautifully, mm. um everything is sung. Yeah, so so um the uh, I remember the conductor was um Alan Gilbert, oh, and that was also really, really cool. Yeah, yeah working um, with him. Yeah. Uh, honestly speaking, I just was trying to avoid being like noticed. You <laughs> know, right? <laughs> no news is no good news.
0: All yeah, right, right. As, yeah. As a, don't call a, me a, out. Like, Everything will be okay. Right. It,
1: exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, yeah, and um, the violinist uh, Lisa Lisa Batiashvili. I don't know if you uh, heard of her. She was playing the Prokofiev. I think one or two, I can't remember, violin concerto in that same program. And I'm also like a huge fan of her. So when I saw her backstage, I was like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, like, just uh, be cool. But (laughs) there's a lot of, honestly, there's a lot of imposter syndrome uh, that I I had Mm, and have. (laughs) Um, Especially during this whole situation. But I mean, I'm just really grateful that I had the chance to experience that. It's really... Yeah, like the whole time I had to just you know, remind myself, oh my goodness, this is real.
0: I think, you know, at that moment in time when you're doing the concerts and when you're at the rehearsals, you are actually part of the Berlin field, whether you uh, <laughs> admit it or not, isn't it? Actually, <laughs> if you think about it, at that moment in time, yes. you are part of the organisation. Yes,
1: yes, at that moment in time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I mm-hmm, think, mm-hmm. you know, with musicians, you know, we, or actually not just with musicians, people who work in this sort of uh, creative industry, it is actually very normal for us to always feel this kind of imposter syndrome but yes. I think of all people I think you are absolutely fine because yeah <laughs> you've got the the BPO stamp of approval right and, and and now and now it's on the record as well if you go back to the digital concert hall they can actually like kind of zoom in into your, into your face, right? So this yes, active... I must say
1: I, I, yeah, I did like go back to like, oh my goodness, how did I look?
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Just to make sure I didn't look silly or anything.
0: Yeah. Because you know that the overall performance was going to be fine, but you know, now it's the next thing, mm-hmm. right? You got to also like, this is going to be immortalized. Therefore, yeah, you better make sure that you are looking as pristine as possible.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. As much as these sort of opportunities are great, sometimes, uh, if, it, if things don't go well, we can also scar people rather badly. Right, yeah. yeah. So it's really a double-edged sword, but I'm super glad that it worked out so well for you. So now that you're back in Singapore, I think you've been keeping yourself rather busy since returning. And you have started your uh, work at Rave Hubs, which I believe mm. is an organization that is extremely dear to your heart. Uh, why is this so? Mm. And what is uh, your role with them at the moment?
1: So yeah, Wave Hubs is a very special place, uh, for me because it's where I first started learning the instrument, uh, at least formally. Mm. Um, and so it really feels like I'm going home in that sense. Right. Um, and also the uh, the artistic director of Rave Hubs, uh, Miss Katrina Tan, she was my very first harp teacher, so she was the, uh, she was um, I mean. Your very first teacher is always kind of special to you, and uh, yeah. Mm. So now that I'm working at Rave Harps, it, it's, it's really quite a nice feeling. Um, it feels like I'm it's like it feels like there's a lineage, you know,
0: yeah, come a full circle um, kind of thing, isn't it? Right,
1: exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, so um, Rave Harps is a harp school, so really, just it's just harps, and and I mean, I, I count myself very lucky to be able to do something that I was trained in to make a living. I, I think for musicians, yes, we complain a lot about our quality of life <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. Um, but then I think also that we need to count our blessings in that as, I mean, just the sheer fact that we can make a living by doing what we love and have trained for is in, in itself a blessing. So, mm. yeah. So for me um, to be able to Make a living teaching hub is already something I am very very grateful to be able to do yeah. so yeah so I teach hub in the school and um, but it's not just a teaching job it's actually quite a dynamic kind of a position that um, I'm in Right. so in addition to teaching um, I'm also in the performing kind of side of the school which isn't very active now because COVID mm. um, but it is something that uh, we tr- uh, at Rave Hubs we want to um, push out the, the the kind of holistic um, education. Yes, teachers teach, but teachers don't just teach. Mm. Yeah, so that that is also one thing I do. Yeah. Um and another thing that I do uh, because I think I quite like to write as in like write mm-hmm. uh, articles and stuff. Yeah. So um I I'm currently working on a, a magazine or a newsletter for the Hub Association, which is Singapore's like, official hub society. Mm. Um, And it's been quite uh, an interesting experience so far, writing because, like, my last time... Well, I mean, we we all write some essays, you know, during uh, our Bachelor, Master's years. But then, they're all like, oh, essays about music or history essays, you know, maybe more academic essays. Mm. Uh, But this time, like, I'm actually having to write articles. So... Perhaps a bit more, not newspaper style, but uh, you know, just just not something I'm very used to. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it has been very interesting because I mean, it is about harps. The articles are about harps and music. Mm. Um, but it's, it's it's kind of been a quite a steep learning curve, I would say. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, so so that, that that's it. I I teach, I perform, or try to when we can, and then write. Yeah.
0: Mm. And I think, you know, you mentioned something that really strikes a chord with me, which is your interest in writing. And you're actually using that interest in writing to uh, incorporate that into your sort of work in music as well. I think that is really, really uh, quite important. Because, mm. yeah, I, I think, especially when it comes to writing, you know, you write articles or you write blogs and things like that everything requires practice, right? It requires like you continuously doing it. And the the more you do it, the more sort of fluent you get and the quicker you write and all this kind of uh, stuff. But I think in order to write down your own ideas and concepts and then commit to this sort of like belief in the article, it's actually something that is quite remarkable because not a lot of people would do that.
1: Yeah, so it's a bit like practicing, right? Like, say you are learning a piece, and learning a piece is always a process. I mean, some some pieces you start off like, yeah, man, this all the notes are easy. Yeah. I'm gonna get this whole piece learned in a month. Mm. But then you realize that the notes may be easy, but the musicality and the interpretation that this piece requires is not so easy. Yes. Then you have to do commit to. It kind of finishing it. Yeah. I mean, hopefully
0: we do. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, or yeah, just <laughs> chuck it aside and move to something else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, definitely. Exactly. Yeah, I understand. It way. was the
1: same with, with writing, I guess. Mm. Uh and if you Yeah, it's really the same. Like you say, it's it's a it's a skill that takes practice. And for me now I, I guess it's still something I do hmm, maybe less well than playing the harp, but uh it's something that I am quite interested in. Yeah, honing that
0: skill but, so- but hey we, we all start somewhere and the fact that you have started it's already miles ahead of a lot of people who wants to do it but is still or has not yet taken the first step to do it right so <laughs> right. yeah, that, at least that's how I see it you know and, and this is by by no means trying to be kind to you but this is my honest opinion that because you are already doing it and that's by far for me the most important thing at the end of the day, for me, I think it doesn't really matter how, how it turns out. You could be doing it for about, you know, a couple of months and you end up not doing it. I think that's mm. fine. But at least you took the first step out and you tried and you put your work out there, you put yourself out there and chances are, more often than not, things would eventually take shape and work out. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. At least, um, yeah, that, that's what I think, like you know, but, you know, who am I anyway, right? So here here we come, (laughs) all this, the imposter syndrome starts to kick in, right? Yeah, Yeah. so, um, cool. You uh, you know, you and I, I think we have very limited amount of, um, I mean, in terms of interaction, almost none. And we, I think we've shared the stage a couple of times.
1: Yes, this is something I... Only realized so in our email correspondences you mentioned that you were at my Mozart Flute and Hub Concerto performance. So then I had automatically assumed that was the first time we met. But then mm. I I think we might have played in the same orchestra collective concert.
0: Yes, definitely. Okay. Yeah. So I think there was one in twenty fourteen. I don't know if you were playing in that. I think you were. It's a beautiful Sunday concert. All yes, Singaporean I works. Want. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, that was yeah. probably the, the first time that I have, like, or at least we were in presence of each other. But apart from that, mm. you uh, I mean, that's where it started. But I've not really uh, spoken a word to you ever before. Like I said, until, you know, uh, 10 minutes before we started this uh, um, interview. But of course, I heard so much mm. about you because we've got quite a number of mutual <laughs> well, friends. Yeah.
1: Oh yes, 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 we yeah. do. <laughs> yeah, and
0: then of course, uh, your reputation in the last couple of years preceded yourself. So,
2: <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah,
0: cool. And now, uh, why why don't you bring us back to how music uh, started for you? How you got acquainted with music or with the harp, and how things has developed over the years.
1: Yeah, so I I first learned uh, the piano when I was five. Um, My parents actually sent me to the junior music course or what they would call JMC in Yamaha. Mm. And uh, it was a group class. And um, actually in this class, like one parent has to accompany the child. So it actually takes quite a lot of commitment also on the parent's part, not, not just in paying the fees, but in accompanying your child every single week. Mm. Um. so yeah I found memories of my dad uh accompanying me for the class and then and honestly speaking I credit uh, my musical growth a lot to Yamaha
0: right um,
1: because this JMC is quite unique in that it doesn't just you know teach the basic things like note reading or rhythm it actually trains oral skills
2: mm. as in
1: like listening yeah so um and and I really, I remember I really hated it because I couldn't hear it. Um, so, I, I, some some lessons, and, and, the, and the cool thing is that the teacher doesn't just, you know, make children hear single melodic lines. They actually play harmony, you know, like chords, mm. and would ask the ch- children to play back the chords to the teacher. Wow. So, now thinking back, yeah, so thinking back, it's actually quite, wow, it's quite crazy actually, you know, to... To, to kind of put children through this rigorous uh, oral skills training. Mm. I think it's, it's actually a very precious thing. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So, when I was in that class, I, I really didn't like it because I couldn't hear it. You know, I had friends in the class who are, like, first time the teacher played, then they can straight replay back, like, mm.
2: like
1: absolute accuracy. And I, I wasn't one of those people. Right. So, um, and uh, this JMC also taught children um, improvisation. So, they would give the the kid, uh like, what, four bars of a, me- of a melody? Okay. And then they would try and, like, encourage the child to add in some chords in the left hand. So, I mean, these are pretty high-level things. There isn't, I don't know, it's not something that I see a lot, yeah, maybe? Yeah,
0: definitely. Well, not just for me. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I can't do it, so... <laughs> 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 you know, yeah, L- losing out to a four-year-old at you know a music course at Yamaha. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But I I mean I've heard some pretty good reviews, and I had uh I have some friends that went through this junior music course thing, and mm. uh like you said, their oral skills are excellent, really, really good.
1: Hmm. Yeah, and uh so I actually stuck with Yamaha for quite a while. I progressed beyond the junior music course to, I think, what, maybe I stayed on for another three, four years. Mm-hmm. And then after that, my parents decided it was time to put me through the ABRSM system, which is what more, more more people are familiar with. So that was when I, you know, did the whole, like, piano up to grade eight kind of thing. Right. And uh, actually, but, but the one thing I've noticed about myself through this whole time is that I absolutely loves music I mean yeah so when I was Mm -hmm. growing up I wouldn't like so aware of myself to know I love music but like I now that I'm looking back I was like wow actually I I really did enjoy it so much like there's this funny incident when I was still in Yamaha and then they were introducing like left hand variations to us so what this means is that you kind of try to make variations with your left hand so that it changes the texture of the entire piece. So, mm-hmm. for example, like, tingle, tingle, little stars, mm. the right hand, so, so, la, la, so. And then the left hand, um, when I was first introduced to this thing called the Alberti bass, which ah, is doso okay. miso, yeah, bass, yeah. So, I, mm. I loved it so much mm. that I just, a few times a day, not, not a few times, many times a day, I'll just sit at the, I had a lactone then, okay at home, mm-hmm. to just keep playing that over and over again because I was so intrigued by the texture of the, you know, like, wow, like, wow, this, this cool, like, texture going mm, on. Okay. And this is just, like, one example, la, hey. of, of, I, I can, I can, like, There's numerous, about. right? Yes, <laughs> a lot, la, yes. but, like, this is probably more. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, there was also music, uh, kind of around the house, and I was growing up, and it's not classical, la. it's, it could be, like, the Carpenters, Ever, Zhang mm. <laughs> Xue Ah, okay, <laughs>
0: nice. Nice. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So, they are not, Necessarily classical, but I feel like just being surrounded by music was kind of nice. Mm. Um, and and then of course, right, there's always the Disney films. But also during this time, I realized I had a very very special um, kind of inclination or rather love for classical music because mm. uh, I kind of gravitated to, you know, asking my mom to put on Symphony Nine to Four, uh, and then like you know there's this Octo Channel and then right right. <laughs> like, uh, at night or some weekend nights, they actually show some uh
0: yes. classical music. Yeah, concerts. like Lucent Festival Orchestra or some some yeah. sort of big orchestras, right? Yeah.
1: Yes, yep. correct, correct. Mm. Yeah, so I I mean I now I know that the I now I know that the love for music has always been there. Mm. Um and then okay, yeah, okay. I'm not even at help yet. So <laughs> yeah, no now yeah <laughs> so then when I went to secondary school, um I went to Paya Methodist School, School and they have a harp ensemble. Mm. And it's a funny story because I was choosing between guzheng tuan
0: okay. and
1: the harp ensemble. I really, I really like these two instruments. I like kind of the timbre. Right. And then, um, and my mother, my mom went to the guzheng teacher and asked the teacher, like oh, uh, if she joined the guzheng tuan, right? Does she need to buy a guzheng?" Then the guzheng teacher was like, "Oh yeah, she need to buy, and it's like about seven hundred dollars."
0: <laughs> I see where this is going now, right? <laughs> <laughs> Okay.
1: And then she, I wanted to ask the hub teacher, oh, does oh does she need to buy a hub when she if she joins? And then the teacher, oh no no no, she can just practice in school. But look where we are now.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> and a harp is not, not seven hundred dollars. Let's just put it out there. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Nowhere near seven hundred dollars. Yeah, may, right. can you even get a set of strings for seven hundred dollars?
1: You can't get the full. You can't get the full. Yeah,
0: there. exactly. Yeah, yeah. cool. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so Hub on Zombo?
1: Yeah, so I joined and then I loved it a lot. And okay, also, I also progressed quite quickly because I knew piano. Mm. And um, the kind of concept of playing Hub is quote-unquote similar to piano because there's the right hand, there's the left hand. So that's the... I mean, the right hand typically plays the melody, the left hand plays the accompaniment. So I, I could kind of catch on very quickly. Mm. Um, and I loved it so much that I asked my parents to, if I could start uh, private harp lessons, which I did with Katrina.
0: Mm.
1: Um, And this was when I was 14.
0: Oh, okay. So about like Uh, a year, a year and a half into learning the harp in school, you had private lessons.
1: And, uh, and, and, you know, I'm so grateful to my very first harp teacher, Miss Katrina, for pushing me at the time, because, you know, I wasn't Young, as in, you know, people... Young means, like, what, five, six <laughs> learning an instrument, right? right? And I wasn't by any means young, And I think she recognized that I could do it. Uh, Miss Katrina, if you're listening to this, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, uh, she recognized that I could do it. So I'm very, very grateful that she really took the effort uh, to really push me forward. Um, so in that sense, like, from... I started with her in SEC 2. And then by SEC 4, I was auditioning for Y.O., so, orchestra is something that I also really... Wow, I tell you, like, I think I attended... I can't remember which orchestra concert I attended. Maybe it was OMM or SSO, I can't remember. Okay. But, like, I remember coming home and, like, oh my goodness, I want to play in the orchestra so badly. Mm. But at the time, I only have piano.
0: I see. So,
1: yeah. So, I was like, nah. Okay. And then... So my very first YO rehearsal, I, I remember being so excited and so overwhelmed actually because, you know, so many textures, right? <laughs> yeah, so many,
0: exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: um, stimulation overload, I think yeah. it was.
0: And what was the, the first piece that you rehearsed with the orchestra? <laughs>
1: okay, so the first piece I rehearsed with the orchestra is a new work. It's like new contemporary music.
0: Okay, and
1: right. I, I really... Oh, uh, like, did
0: it catch you a little I, bit I, off guard like playing that? it
1: definitely that? did it definitely did because uh, sometimes with new music the rhythm can be quite tricky mm. at least for uh, somebody who's completely new you know to playing in orchestra and for harps like you are alone even yeah. if <laughs> even if there are two of you both of you most of the time have different parts so I was wow, it was very overwhelming but um, yeah so it was a very beautiful work mm. I don't know if I should say by who? Because you will know why in a few minutes. So, right. um, I, I, you know, I was rehearsing it, and during the rehearsal, um, the harp actually my part was so I think it was a, my part was like a triplet rhythm, but the conductor was in two or something like that, or, or the other way around. Okay. So it wasn't the most straightforward thing. Right. Um and, I didn't know then that you know you can just ask the orchestra manager or the conductor for the midi file and just keep listening to it, and then you'll get it.
0: Oh, so, like, this... Okay.
1: Yeah, this poor little, little, like, half there was just struggling every single rehearsal to get the rhythm. Right, And right. then, and, and the concert was in the Espinel concert hall, and it was my very first orchestra concert, and then there's, like, excitement, nerves, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And, I mean, come on, if I had never gotten it correct in the rehearsal... I'm not going to get it correct. <laughs> I,
0: I'm, I'm sure, sure like, oh, that no. was, but I'm sure that was, wasn't what went on in your head at a point of time. You'll be like, maybe it's going to be okay during the, the <laughs> concert. right? right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So
1: like, uh, so yeah, I wasn't very proud of that, but yes. So that my very first orchestra experience wasn't the best as mm. in, but you know, we live and learn Yeah, and, uh, Now I know that if we are going to be playing contemporary music, then you can always ask for the midi or just clarify things to the conductor.
0: You know, what what do you think are some of the the skill sets that you were required to develop quite clearly the moment you started playing with an orchestra?
1: Mm, So so that um you know my that incident that incident that i just recounted to you about you know <laughs> like me kind of butchering my very first orchestra experience it was kind of a it was kind of a blessing in disguise because then i kn- then i knew what i had to do next time you mm-hmm. know and so from then on i realized that um to be or what what it means to be prepared for rehearsal right it means that number one you know all your entries like mm-hmm. there is no hesitation there, and and you know your entries not just by oh yeah I know that there's four bars then I come in but but really knowing other people's parts mm-hmm. you they, you know that oh okay so before I come in got a uh, trumpet solo yeah so once you hear the trumpet solo then you then you come in yeah that kind of thing mm-hmm. so that was for me what I learned and the second thing is that um, to I mean then then there's a the part about knowing your own part uh where you. I mean, I, I feel like what it means to be prepared for orchestra is that I can play my part already with, okay, quote-unquote, no mistakes. Okay, that, that, is, that in itself is a very uh, shallow way of saying it. But you have to be very comfortable with your part so much mm. so that you, you can still pull it off with the whole orchestra there because it's very daunting yeah. in a way, you know. The whole orchestra is listening to you mm. even though they are busy their own thing, but you're still playing in front of a lot of people. Correct. So, yeah, that was... I think the the, the most important skill set is just to be conscientious, maybe, to not leave any stone unturned Mm. um, in your preparation. And this gets harder, especially, say, when you are doing opera. Mm. Because, you know, an opera work is so long. And then you need to know your entry in the middle of act two. Then you're like, (laughs) okay, but... but, Yeah, and then you look at your part and then there's like 100 rest before your, you know. So, that would include the skill of having to score study, like going on to either IMSOP or, you know, finding the full score and then really knowing your part. Um mm. so I think that that really, at least for harpists like just knowing how you fit into the tapestry of the instrumentation is so important. Uh, so you can really like, you know, not get lost. And then and then beyond that, like what your part means. Yeah. for the whole piece.
0: Mm. Mm. Yeah, especially with harp, it's such a distinct colour and usually yeah. when, when co- composers write for the harp, they have very clear intentions of what they want to achieve, what kind of effects they want or what they're trying to say with the music, isn't it? Yes, yeah. yes definitely. And, and funny that you should say this thing about opera. Earlier this year, I played bass trumpet with the uh, OMM uh, for the Wagner. Oh. So, okay. yeah. So, I... As uh, so you might or might not know that I play the euphonium and I don't usually mm. play an orchestra. So what you said complete, is completely true, right? In the middle of Act 2, I have about 300 yeah. bars rest. Absolutely no clue. So, I mean, uh, I think that the show itself went quite okay. But there were many times in the rehearsal that was like, yeah, it's not, not a very fine moment for me as well. Yeah, But yeah, definitely, I think, you know, this, um, how you define preparation and the need to do score study is actually, mm. yeah, extremely critical if you want to be yes. prepared for an orchestra rehearsal. Mm. Yeah. So now, uh, we, we've sort of like digressed a little bit, but let's continue on now, probably the more exciting part of your musical developments. So... If we move on past secondary school, how were things like for you?
1: Yeah, so uh I I went to JC after secondary school. Uh I was I went to NJ and and I don't know if a lot of you know this about me, but I actually joined the NJ Band. <laughs> oh really? And uh, yes, because NJ Band has a harp. Um. Uh and the cool thing is uh that when I wasn't playing harp, because you know not not all pieces have harp. Mm. Uh, I played percussion. Oh, and uh, oh, and okay. I mean, so I actually, whenever, you know, I, I play in bands out there, whether it's uh OC or any other band, and then I, I meet all of you who also come from bands. I feel this affinity right, in right. a way. <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, so, yeah, so I actually was in a band. And honestly, that was kind of a game changer for me. Well, prior prior to being in the band, I was in harp ensemble, right? And so the timbre and the harp ensemble is just harp, like mm. it's kind of everybody is playing the same instrument. Yeah. But then when I joined band, it suddenly wow, like all these new palettes, you know, all these new, uh, colors start to come out, and mm. um, it was wow, like, and then and then that that's one thing, and the other thing is. Being a percussionist. I can't even I, can't, I it's not even right for me to say that I'm a percussionist. Somebody who played percussion for two years.
2: Right.
1: right. Uh, yeah, so so um I learned a lot uh having to play percussion. You know, sometimes the band just depends on you mm. uh for the rhythm impulse. And you just need to be so on point. Um, you need to be so focused. Um and 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 that really taught me a lot about rhythm, actually. Um, it really taught me that uh, rhythm is not just metric divisions. Rhythm is about impulse. Uh, it's about how you you really set the orchestra up for the next big or small thing. Mm. And um, it really is how you add that kind of uh, how to say that that color, yeah. you know, and the additional uh, texture, that. isn't it? Yeah, so so then, um, I mean, NJ band. Oh, that was also when I Bernice was also in NJ band. Yes. Um, and we were bandmates. Uh, I was one year above her. Ah, okay. So
0: nice. Uh, and I was
1: actually there when she played Gabriel's of World. Absolutely beautiful. Uh, yeah. It was that uh band concert we did. Ah. So um, yeah, and then. And then the NJ band. I don't know if if people know about this, but it's quite a funny thing. Uh, we are responsible for playing the national anthem and the, and the school song every morning without fail. Okay. So like we come to school early. We we lug our instruments. Uh, for for me percussion. Okay, okay, So because I'm not a legit percussionist, uh, I wouldn't dare to play say snare drum. Okay. <laughs> for national anthem. So usually my instrument of choice then was either the cymbals or the sus- suspended cymbals. Mm. So yeah, but anyway, that was just a funny thing. And then we get CIP points when doing it lah. Yeah. So, <laughs> there you go.
0: But the, the crash cymbal um, parts in the National Anthem are also quite mm. critical. Because the moment you yes. crash on beat two, that's it.
1: Yes, <laughs> I definitely have before. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Yeah. And then, yeah, but it, was, it was a very really good experience for me. I... I actually think that that was uh, critical in helping me kind of hone, like sharpen uh, that musicality that that one needs, you know, Mm. to be a musician. But I think what is quite central to my life in secondary school and JC is that I felt like, I always felt I was leading a double life Uh, at the point I wasn't doing music at all. So I kind of like, I kind of believed... And, and also, at the time, I didn't know if I wanted to do music. Mm-hmm. So, I... My kind of subject combinations was... In JC was like biochem, math, icons, you know, so...
0: Okay, very a- academic, thought,
1: right? Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm not... I, I didn't do absolutely well in school or anything, but I just thought that, oh, you know, like, this is what everybody was doing, and so... You know, HUB would just be something I will do also in addition to my kind of academics. Mm. And... And yeah, so I always felt like I was leading very much of a double life. And then, I think my second year of JC, that was when like, I really realised that, hey, you know, this whole science-y math thing is just not me. Okay. Like, yeah, I really didn't enjoy it. I think I was very bored in school. Mm. But I, I mean, the, the responsible like Asian kid in me, I was like, okay, okay, okay like, I'm just being lazy. You know, I just need to pull through yeah. and I'll be fine. Mm. But I the more the more I studied for A-levels, the more I realised that, wow, Honestly, there's nothing else I, I enjoy as much as music. Okay. So I, after I did my last uh, A-level paper, then I just felt like, wow, this burden is lifted off my shoulders. And I know the first thing I did that I came home that, that day was to practice harp.
0: Did you have to take a break during your exams? Did you like tell yourself, I'm not going to practice the harp because I have to focus on my exams, so I'm just going to leave it there for a moment and then come back to it after exams? Did you have to do that or were you still on and off, kind of still playing it?
1: I think, like, when exams were around the corner, I always kind of took heart more, like, a uh, leisure, like, you know, to relax. Ah, okay. To have uh, a practice to relax. Right. Ha, so, finally, you now, like, practicing is not really relaxing anymore. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, the
0: irony, the irony. <laughs> yeah, the irony. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah. so, uh, but I don't think I ever, you know, like, oh, completely cannot touch heart. Uh, I think my parents also, I think, trusted me enough to, like, know that I know how to uh, manage my time. So after I took my A levels, then I was like, you know what? Like, I need to give this a shot. This music thing a shot because I will regret if I don't try. Mm. And if I fail, then just do something else, lah. Yeah. I mean, I know that that probably sounds like I'm, I'm coming from a place of privilege, and and I do it, and I do recognize that. Mm. Uh, but then it's it was it was for me, just okay. It was for me knowing that there was Yong Siew also. Right. Okay. And, Gave out very generous. I mean, full scholarships. Yeah. So in that sense, I was like, okay, I guess it wouldn't be cost costing me much, quote unquote, much.
2: Mm. And
1: then, um, yeah. So that was when I decided I'm just gonna give it a shot. Mm-hmm. And then audition for YST and wow, Like I remember when I first, when I went to YST, I was like, wow, Like finally, I can be who I really am. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, past, I don't know, 12 years of of, of formal education, it's like, wow, I always like, well, nobody really understands me musically, like musically. Okay. So then um, yeah, YST was great. Um it was it's a small school, as you know, Mm. and therefore many, many opportunities for for its students. And what I especially appreciated was that you know, whenever you want to sign up to, to perform, be it noon recital, be it uh, what we call sound bites last time, mm-hmm. you just sign up. It's fine. Just play. And that was so important uh, for my growth because I was like performing, I wouldn't say every month, but every other six weeks. Right. Yeah, whether it is solo, whether it's chamber, whether it's orchestra, I'll be mm. on some sort of a stage.
0: And and this motivation mm. to continuously perform over your mm. throughout your studies did it come from like your teacher saying that you should be doing more or was it something that's intrinsic that you just thought like why not and i should just sign up for more things so that i get the most out of my time in school what was the thought process behind that
1: mm, i think i quickly realized that you will never really improve whether in the grand scheme of things or in a piece until you've put it out there enough times because i, I realized that like hey eh? How come this piece sounds so good in a practice room? But then in studio class it just falls flat on his face. Mm. And then it, it's just a matter of, oh, it's because I'm not used to being listened to or watched. Mm. And this really is like with every new piece, then you kind of restart this process, right? Kind of like kind of mm. you get better after a while. Yeah. So um I I also think it helps that I I like performing. I mean, yes, it makes me nervous. But there's something about sharing music that I genuinely enjoy.
0: Mm. So actually, b- before we, we go a little bit further, I think what you mentioned just now in terms of like, you know, you heard about YST and then you decided that, you know, I will just try an audition because if I don't, I will regret. And if I fail, then I'll just do something else. And uh, uh, I think that's a... It's really a fantastic sort of mindset to have because somehow we we are put in this position whereby when we are, say, like, you know, 18 or 17 or 18 or sometimes just out of secondary school, we are sort of told that you have to find a course that is supposed to determine your future. But that's not mm. really the case, isn't it? Because at the end of the day, um we can have a music degree. That doesn't define us and it also doesn't mean that we have to continue to have uh to work in the music industry. Because mm. we I mean, it's it really depends on you, how you want to, you know, what you want to do in the future and all that kind of stuff. And this is just education. You know, yeah. yeah. It is just like studying and improving yourself. And if you are able to find something that you are truly passionate about, that process of the education becomes a lot more uh, easier and fun and fruitful. And you don't mm. feel like you are, you know, dragging yourself out of home every day just to be at a lecture that you just can't be asked to attend. But you're there because you paid money for it, and supposedly this <laughs> is what is going to sort your life out. Yeah, but I thought that uh, there was just some, re- some pretty interesting things that you, you spoke about. So I just wanted to, to chime in there. But please continue.
1: Yeah, so yeah. then I got to like year four of YST. Uh, and it was time to think again. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? Mm. And uh, my teacher in YST, Ms. Gulia Mashivara, who plays with the uh, SSO, mm-hmm. she herself was educated in New York. Uh, she actually went to Juilliard, and then after that, she went to Manhattan School of Music. Mm. So I felt like my whole four years in YST, because I've also attended some uh, summer festivals mm. during my YC, and so I felt like my trajectory has been kind of pointing me towards the States. My audition process was, well, it was one of the darkest moments of my life, actually, because I-, I think maybe I have very high expectations of my. Maybe unrealistically high. Mm-hmm. So I felt like, okay, I'm just gonna apply like for these schools, you know, the best schools or something.
0: Yeah.
1: And these schools, like uh, I had the pleasure of meeting the teacher at uh Juilliard once, and the teacher at Yale as well. So, in a way, like, and also actually at Manhattan School of Music. Mm-hmm. So I, I kinda knew them. That's why uh, the teachers, so I was like, okay. Yeah, I should be good. I'll apply for these schools. Mm. But the, the the preparation process was a really dark time because uh, the repertoire list was very, very long. And I was giving myself all this undue pressure that no, I must, I must get into a school, you know. And then all this like very scary thoughts like, oh my goodness, what if I don't get into anyone? Mm. Uh, and then what am I going to do? Yeah. And And so like I had very, very unhealthy practice schedule. I would wake up. At like and I was sing in PGP then, which is the the dorm mm-hmm. of uh in, in NUS. Yeah. So I wake up at like seven thirty, and then I get to school nine nine thirty. Practice till lunchtime. Uh, practice till lunchtime which is like twelve. Okay. Go eat lunch. Come back. Practice now three hours. Go eat dinner. Come back. Practice about three hours. Man. So, wow. Very bad. Very bad. As mm-hmm. in, at, at the time I was comforting myself. You know, like, wow, well, I'm doing everything I can. Right. so So let me am that means I should be good okay. but like honestly how much of that hours has been productive I don't know mm. and how much of those hours I've been practicing stress into my playing I don't know mm. so uh, if I could like go back to my my myself that those four years back I would like hey like this is not wise you know mm. like more hours don't equate to higher quality and yeah. I it, it really got to a point where like I really got very stressed that one, you know, there are some mornings, especially, you know, when approaching already the, the, the the date to fly off for the audition, where I would be like crying in the practice room because I was just so stressed. I I would think that I sound so bad. I sound terrible. Mm. Like I'm not playing perfect yet. And then, and then it's so bad for your mental uh, state.
0: Yeah.
1: So, uh, Mm. but anyway, I went for the audition and uh, thank God that they, that I managed to I, I think i in hindsight I'm 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 happy, I'm satisfied with how it went. Mm. Uh and then I got into uh Manhattan School of Music. Yeah. And I decided to go. Um and so yeah, so then kind of that that was how <laughs> like, that tumultuous time kind of came to an end, you know? Like mm. where I managed to kind of get snack a, a place in, in in a school. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, this this kind of um, uh, audition process can uh, I I do understand uh, what you're saying. It it happens to people very often. I think. Uh, do you think it's a matter of like us perhaps sometimes putting too much emphasis on the end goal rather than trying to focus on the process, because. I feel like sometimes maybe when we prepare for an audition we are so we are looking towards the angle right we are thinking of we have to get a spot we have to get into the school but we are not actually kind of uh we are doing a lot of hours that is our process, but in terms of like uh the quality of the practice like you mentioned might not always be like at the at our priority mm. yeah,
1: yeah I I mean, I think it's good to be goal-oriented, for sure. Like, say, if you're taking an audition and you, you want to do well at this audition. Mm. Um, but I think what wasn't right uh, or, or what can go wrong in the psyche uh, of musicians when, say, we get overstressed is that we don't... We, 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 we maybe underestimate how harmful it is when we practice stress into our playing.
2: Mm.
1: Uh, I think that at least for me when I realized that then I was like whoa then I then I knew that you know it's counterproductive uh, to really push and push at it when it's when really your brain is no longer functioning uh, yeah. that it's not effective practice anymore mm. so um and and so yes and 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 what you said also like it's always good to have the long view you know that even in an audition that's you didn't do didn't play as well as you wanted or didn't pass, like all these experience kinda chalks up.
2: Mm. And then
1: all these experience chalks chokes up and I am in my head at this like, you know, when you play Pokemon, then the experience bar chops up. <laughs> <laughs> so, <like that>. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so I guess it's kind of the same thing. Like mm. and then um and all these experience all count for something, you know, no matter how badly you feel about an audition. And that's why I also try to tell myself
0: you know, so let's talk a little bit about your time uh, in New York. So um, y- you've mentioned to me that you had to overhaul certain uh, aspects of your playing during that time. Yes. Uh, so how did you, how, how was the news that you had to make this massive change in your playing broken to you? And at a point of time, how did you feel? And... Yeah, because you're obviously doing your master's degree at that point of time. Sometimes, uh, I don't know how your teacher is like, but sometimes teachers will leave it to the, the student to make that decision because you have uh, progressed um, so far in your uh, education already. So to take that step to completely overhaul technical stuff can be quite um, uh, difficult and challenging. So yeah, how was that entire process for you?
1: Yeah, so actually, uh, just a bit of context. When I was in YST, right, when I hear about my friends overhauling their technique, in my head, I was always like, yeah, I'm not going to be one of those people. (laughs) And then only because like, I felt like I didn't need it. Mm. But I was young and foolish, you know. So, uh, as in, I think it was a pride talking that like, oh, you know, I I wouldn't need to do this. I'm fine.
0: Yeah, like my fundamentals are sound, everything's going to be okay, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, I've done all these wonderful things before. That just means that I'm solid, right?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: But um, no. <laughs> so actually, the, it wasn't my teacher. Oh, by the way, my teacher in um, New York was uh, Mariko Anraku, who plays associate um, principal harp at the Metropolitan Opera. So another amazing uh, orchestra, honestly. Mm. So, um, yeah, so it wasn't her actually who, who broke it to me that I need to change. I actually went for a harp competition uh, in Hungary. And... I, I felt like I left Singapore on a high or rather left YST on a high in that like, yeah, you know, I feel good about myself. I feel good about what I've accomplished in the past few years. I think I'm now ready to take my career to the next level. Mm. So when I went to New York, I kind of like, okay, had this lofty ambitions in my head, like I want to do competitions. I want to do auditions. You know, I want to start getting my name out there. Yeah. And then, so, the very first, uh, I kind of saw this competition and then the, the repertoire didn't look too uh, too much because I've played some of them before. It was just two stages. I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. Mm. So, then I prepared for it, everything. I went there and then I played and I was really not happy with how I played. Uh, I was like, oh, that didn't really go so well. And honestly, I, I didn't expect to get to the second round and I didn't. Mm-hmm. But what was... Uh, what really kind of made me feel very down uh, then. And it wasn't Budapest. It was like a small little town. So this was like mid, or was it? End, end November, early December. So it was already very cold. Mm, okay. And I was, I was alone. Uh, you know how like daylight hours are very short. Yeah. And and so anyway, so it was that whole setup, right? I was alone and all that. And then so uh, I didn't get to the second round, but I went to here the second round, listen to the second round. And I was very taken aback by how the harpists that played had something that I didn't. And this something is a bit hard to explain. It's like they almost had an ease, Mm. a comfort to their playing and a freedom, a freedom to their playing that I see so often in digital concert hall, you know, like all these amazing musicians, they play with such, I mean, sure, technical proficiency and cleanliness is like, a given, but they play with this, like, relaxation that I don't have,
2: mm. and
1: for a while now, actually, I've been very bothered, but I always, like, pretend that, it, that, that I, I just kind of chuck it aside, I've always felt like I don't have the absolute freedom in my playing, mm. um, so and that really kind of bothered me a lot, especially after, you know, hearing the second round, and then and then I had actually quite a lot of time, uh, because, I mean, like, when you, when you buy playing tickets for a competition, you don't just buy it, like, first round, and then, you know, you, you buy for the whole thing. Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely.
1: Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I had a lot of time to, like, just be alone, and think about it, and then got, like, you know, upset about it, and, uh, and mope, and everything. Mm. And then, when I went back to New York, I talked to my teacher about this, and I told her that, there's something wrong with my playing. There's something missing. What is it? And, and I, I don't know if she was taken aback. Ab- Maybe she was... I felt like she was expecting it in that she also knew what I was talking about in that she noticed it about my playing Mm. but didn't force me or... No, she didn't force me to make a change. Yeah. Yeah, so then I I told her what I felt and she was like, you know, we could work on technique by, you know, still working on pieces but, you know, taking chunks out of the pieces and then doing them as etudes. Mm. Uh, So, like, technical work within the music or we could completely stop playing music and just start from scratch. Right. So uh, at that point I was really my 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 kind of mindset at that point was I was really yearning for clarity. Mm. Uh, I was really I want to fix this once and for all. Because I really think that it was holding me back. So I wanted to fix it once and for all and I said you know what? Let's let's just let's just start everything from ground zero. Mm. So that was how and that was a uh, December of, or maybe even January already of, of 2017.
0: Okay, 2017. so not not too long ago actually, right? So yes. still pretty recent. Yeah.
1: Yes. Mm. So that whole what we call spring semester, which is basically the second semester mm-hmm. um, of the academic year, I just worked on technique and it really, we just begin from how do you sit on the chair? Mm. Like how? What is the height of the chair you need to sit? Like how much of your butt do you put on the chair? I mean, all these are little things that we don't think anymore after we play mm. for a while. But all these, uh, sets you up, you know, for how you're gonna play. Yeah. So because yeah. I I
0: feel like what you're saying is like when you strip all these things away and you start from scratch and you make this like, even if it's like a one percent improvement, of uh, as compared to your previous way of playing it will all compound into something bigger isn't it like yes, yeah if yes. you know for example your hands are slightly more relaxed uh, or 1% if you can put a number on it 1% more relaxed if the way you're sitting is uh, 1% sort of uh, better for your posture and all that kind of stuff things will then start to compound and perhaps uh, that's where the freedom and uh, the playing becomes a little bit less um laborious in a way would you say yes. that is fair
1: Yes, yes. Um, so, yeah, so that was, uh, exactly. So, it was really a journey in relaxation, actually, if I could put it that way. Mm. Um, recognizing where tension could build up and preventing that. So, mm. oh, by the way, like, this is, is in full, like, full disclaimer. This does not mean in any way that my previous teachers were not doing a good job with me. As in, you know how we pick up, like, Bad habits along the way yeah so this was, is you know my 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 teachers prior to this gave me everything they could but sometimes we just built up these bad habits
0: mm, for sure
1: yeah. So, yeah so then uh it was really six months or even seven months six months of of really just starting from scratch and you know when you're doing technique you are not supposed to practice too much or rather too many hours a day or anything because you want to do very focused
0: mm. but
1: correct practice
0: yeah correct repetition and then not, not to the extent that you overwork the muscles or tire yourself out, right? You want to keep it at the fresh form as best as, as much as possible.
1: Yeah, correct. So, like, I, I was, you know, uh, recommended to do, like, two or three times 30 minutes practice in a day. So, like, three or two sets. Mm. And then, the rest of the time, right, I was so happy, no? I just, like, I was a tourist around New York. <laughs> just going around uh, yeah. museums because uh, they have, like, student price or oh, sometimes I, it's free also. Okay. so just going around New York experiencing new things so happy and then there was when spring was coming so you know like it was very rosy and butterflies and everything mm. so um, and you know and, and New York is a great city I mean like, I miss it so much Because I mean it, it's a special city for its energy mm. that it has uh, and uh, it has not only the classical music side of things, uh, like New York Phil and Met Opera and NYC Ballet, mm. but it also has Broadway, it has all the wonderful, wonderful jazz clubs. Yes, so I think sure. To, yeah, yeah, to just be able to experience all of that, you know, uh, was... It, I'm, again, I'm very, very grateful, and, and all of this adds to uh, how you who I am, I guess, as a musician. Mm. Um. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: So yeah. so that was my whole experience with yeah. the technique overhaul. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I uh, what I'm uh, I know uh, time is absolutely flying by, but be, uh, before we go off, I I want to ask you about the difference in your audition preparation now that you have uh when you're auditioning for New York versus when you're auditioning for Berlin. What was apart from the changing technique Mindset-wise, mm. was there a shift there? I
1: think, yes, there was. You know, I, I had a, a healthier kind of attitude to practice in that when I knew that my brain was no longer processing things well, you know, when, when I'm like being fruitful, then I was like, okay, it's time to stop. Mm. Um, but I think the bigger change would be from when would would be from after I experienced Berlin and compared to before, because okay. I think just being the proximity of of seeing all these musicians in in Germany having to prepare so many repertoire, but still be able to perform at their peak, or at least I think they are performing at the peak, mm. and and yet still kind of have a very healthy attitude to their craft, kind of changed things for me la. So basically, we. What, what changed? The biggest thing that changed was to, uh, to, to, I just, I just realized that, you know, first and foremost, um, I am a human being. Mm. And I'm, valued. my value comes from me being a human being. And not that I'm valued because I make music. So that's first and foremost. Mm. And so all that allowed me to kind of hold my instrument more at an arm's length. You know, to just hold it at a loose with a looser leash, if I could say, you know that. Hey, this is just my instrument. Yeah. This is just work, and I'm given 24 hours in a day, and and any anything that I can do, I'll do. Whatever I can't do, I won't worry about it. Yeah. So so um, so then like my 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 practice now at least is definitely like almost hundred eighty degree shift from when I was in YST, especially, and and yeah, because mm. like um, I think I, I I'm just better at handling uh, myself. I think knowing how to compartmentalize my brain in that okay, yes, a deadline is coming up, yes, there is a lot to do, but being stressed about it, overtly stressed about it, is not going to help achieve anything. Mm. So then just sit down and. You know, be calm. Not don't 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 practice the stress into it, cause it's counterproductive, right?
0: Yes, definitely. And
1: and then just uh do what I can and never stop listening, like to really like listen. Like the really the biggest thing I took away out of Berlin is that you just need to listen well, mm. and that means for me at least listening to every single detail and being very uh. Picky,
0: Yeah, scrutinize then, everything, right?
1: Yeah, and then, but of course, but then when the performance comes, knowing that it's time to stop being picky and mm. to kind of let the music fly. Yeah. So that was, yeah, that, that's kind of how I, I think I matured from mm. my overseas experience, especially in Berlin, I think.
0: Yeah, and I think it's, uh, you brought up some really, uh, fantastic points. And I particularly love the, the part that you mentioned that uh, the value of what we bring comes from us rather than our work in a way, mm. right? Mm. It's ultimately you as a person that brings the value. And if we sort of um, make what we do, say for example, uh, in this case, it's music. Become our only identity, then
2: mm.
0: yeah, we face a, a very big problem and we we get stress, we get anxiety, we get so much pressure. And yeah, all for not a lot, you know, you don't get yeah, it doesn't help in any any way. Yeah. It's just yeah,
1: we don't get paid to practice, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, and in fact at, at, when it becomes uh, when it gets to this point, then it becomes actually a, a chore to practice. You look at the instrument, you feel like, mm, yeah, I'm I'm playing because I have to, not because I want to." And mm. that, yeah, that then becomes uh, very sad. I think, yeah. Mm, but yeah. yeah, I mean, it's a uh, it's wonderful to hear your your story and how your mindset has shifted and how, like you said, um, you have matured really nicely, I think, um, not only as a musician, but also your own personal growth throughout this uh, last couple of years.
1: Hmm. Yeah, it's been a journey.
0: Uh, it's been absolutely fascinating uh, speaking to you, Charity, but uh, we have to wrap it up here. Uh, okay. Yeah, I, I would wish to have probably another two hours to talk to you about things, but uh, <laughs> we'll save it for another time. Yeah, we'll save it for another we'll time. Coffee. Yeah, Definitely. So, yeah, uh, thank you so much for uh, coming on to the podcast, Charity. Uh, I want oh, thanks to- for having
2: me.
0: Yeah, so, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure, like I said, speaking to you, uh, hearing your stories and, yeah, I feel like I know you uh, a little bit better from <laughs> about uh, close to two hours ago. So, it must be, it must be a good thing. So, uh, hopefully, there's no uh, regrets <laughs> coming out of <to> the <laughs> no, podcast.
2: No regrets. No regrets
0: yeah i hope to see more of your work now that you're based uh, in singapore again uh, popping up around and yeah i'll keep an eye out to mm. the projects that you'll be uh doing so uh for all of you who are listening uh thank you for staying with us throughout this episode and most importantly thank you for your attention it is very 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 much appreciated and With that, we will sign off on this episode of You Play A What. You have been listening to You Play A What, hosted by Vincent Tan. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit the subscribe button so that you'll be notified when a new episode is posted. Rate and review the podcast and share it with your friends if you feel so inclined. The theme music for the podcast is entitled "Midnight Affairs" and is composed by Algirdas Matonis and recorded by Vincent Tan. Thank you so much for listening to You Play or What. Until next time.